Hello, and welcome to the Heartland Teaching Podcast, sponsored by the UMKC Regional Professional Development Center at Union Station. Our mission is to bring educators together for meaningful conversations about the challenges and successes of teachers in the Heartland. So sit back and relax and enjoy our show. Good morning, Brett. Good morning, Teresa. How are you? I am great. How are you? Oh, I am. I just Good. had my my latest COVID dream. Okay. You know how there's vivid dream. Yeah, you know how they're saying like right now, like you, you're. This is crazy. I saw this. I saw this this morning. They say people are getting more sleep, and not as sleep deprived. Right. And so they're having more. They're dreaming more and remembering more, and so they're having more vivid dreams. Oh, so, how interesting, huh? I'm glad you had a vivid dream, I guess, or at least that you're getting enough sleep. Oh, yeah. Don't, totally getting enough sleep. It's great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hey, I heard uh, we had more than three listeners to our podcast about books last week. Yes, we did. We did. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're on the rise. This Wednesday exchange is on the rise. We're doing great. I think, you know, it's just building, building that audience little by little. And- yeah. I, I know it was the muskrat love reference that probably put it over the top. Yeah. So uh, have you, have you given any thought to that? Uh, you know, the captain and Tennille, I, I just think, you know, how many people got their own variety show back in the seventies that it's just incredible to me, like Sonny and Cher, captain and Tennille, right? The Do- Donnie Marie, Donnie Marie, Tony Orlando and Don. Um, who were the Smothers Brothers? Okay, so the Smothers Brothers. I mean, I mean, that's Lucille Ball. It, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. You know what? Chico, Chico and the Man. No, <laughs> I, I remember Chico and the Man, but did, did Freddie Prince really have a variety show? Well, it was Chico and the Man. Freddie what? Prince was the yeah. Yeah. Well, that was like a sitcom, wasn't it? sure but you go with lucille ball i guess she, hers was variety show but then oh yeah you got red fox with well Stanford that's not who i show. meant you know who i meant i meant um carol burnett sorry I oh said yeah the wrong person yeah. i said the wrong yeah. person it, yeah. yeah yeah well there was a lot and you know what they probably all had in common they were, really? funny, and- they were funny they liked to play how'd you like that segue into today's topic about play Yes. And, you know, all right. So here here's an interesting 70s tidbit, maybe maybe early 80s. I don't know. uh, On play. This is the only time I think in. In the history of mankind. That a mime. Do you remember this? A mime mime got his own show on TV. No, I, I mean, I remember it was Marcel Marceau. Was that his name? No, no, wasn't it Shields and, oh. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I to... don't remember it, but a mime had their own TV show. Well, you wouldn't have to worry if the volume was up too high. Right, exactly. It yeah. was, I mean, it was uh, Shields and Yarnell. Oh, that, yes, it sounds familiar. I just don't have a strong memory of it. Well, I'm gonna, you know, I will, be, I will be Googling that once we're done here. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so the 70s was a playful time, it sounds like. All these variety shows, they were silly, they were fun. Right. And, that, and they, you know, that's, that's what we're talking about today, right? Is the importance of play. Absolutely. And, you know, I had a, a friend, Christy, she's a teacher that used to work with me, and she had recommended this book to me called Play, basically. Um, and the whole book was about the importance of play for us lifelong so not just as kids i think you know we we talk about the importance of play for kids but just play for us for for life and all the benefits of it and um the author actually even um started an institute a national institute for play um so yeah let's talk did you play was your did you have a family that liked to play when you were young well, I had a family that allowed me to play when I was young. Oh. Like, you know, they, you know, a very different time, I think, than today. Like, uh, you know, we were, uh, the whole neighborhood was kind of ex- ex- allowed to just go out and, I mean, like, we didn't check. God, we left and would go out and play and come home at, when the street lights came on and there was no adults supervising us and. We did get in trouble, but we also just had a good time. We we played well. I mean, yeah. You know, well, all kinds of sports, everything else. Yeah, and it sounds like you know you had some of that structured play, maybe you know sports teams and things. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I worry a little bit that play has become so structured that kids, not all, but some kids just aren't going out there and being creative and getting dirty and and just yeah. really exploring the world through play instead of through you know rigid rules and positions on a ball team and you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. yeah yeah we grew up playing i mean we loved to play i mean we we played sports um so we had that organized play but then you know family game night was just kind of a regular staple uh Mm -hmm. in our house really enjoyed that and so even today you know anytime we get together as adults we are playing uh my grandma's 96 years old and i promise you brett if you ever join me to go visit her you will be sitting down and playing spinners which is a domino game for hours on end because you know if you visit grandma you got to play spinners i can't i can't afford that (laughs) well it's not a bad she's probably she's probably gonna just absolutely why i mean like i'm my bank account's gonna go down just sitting at the table with you. <laughs> well, well you know grandma does win most times so you're right so say. don't put any money on the game right exactly yeah so you know the book go ahead please well i was gonna say like that's my my parents are the same way they're uh like they're they're constantly playing cards like i i know that was part of of the generations maybe before us was just always playing cards yeah you know and that was that's how they get their social uh play with other people is they they play cards and you know they we play left right and center whenever we're there with the grandkids who don't know how to play cards you know so yeah uh, you know they're yeah it's fun yeah, I wonder what, so you said like their generation and, and, you know, even our generation somewhat, we had play in our life, um, either through board games or, or um, cards or dominoes, whatever. Um, 
I wonder what the play will look like for our young kids now. You know, I think the easy answer is to say, well, it's going to be on a device and they're going to be playing with a screen and not with each other. But I pray that's not true. I mean, I pray that they, that there's a different kind of interactive play just because there's so many benefits of play. Yeah. I, and, and what will be the effects on the brain and on, um, you know, creativity if we do uh, concentrate play mainly on devices and not interaction, you know, with other, I, you, to some extent, kids, ki- kids would say that they do interact because they're playing an online game. And a lot of times they've got their headphones on, they're talking to somebody else, mm-hmm. but I, you know, from experience, Teresa, I'll tell you, you know, I had a son who played games and I, you know, I, I like every once in a while, I like to get on the games and, and play a little bit, but Man, I'm telling you what, the interaction, the, the, what, what is said to each other, mm-hmm. there are no filters because there's, there's anonymity. Uh, and right. so kids, kids the, the conversations that can happen uh, can, be, can be disturbing to adults. Right. I mean, they should be disturbing to kids too. I'm sure they are. Mm-hmm. But. Well, and I know even, so they have disturbing personal interactions and then I've seen kids, you know, play some of the video games where when when something gets challenging, you know, they hit a roadblock and and they've tried to get down this certain path in the game many times instead of persevering and problem solving, they can quickly go over to Google and there are all these little tips and uh, yeah. Easter eggs that you look for to kind of help you. And so there's even a you know, is the problem solving and perseverance as high as it could be? So, all right. So looking at uh, like the types of games that we play with kids, we, we, you know, and the type, the types of games that are out there for kids today, what, what are some things that you think we should be doing for kids? Well, you know, I personally believe that um, some free unstructured playtime would be good for kids, you know, Hey, go outside and just, you know, run with, run with the kids in the neighborhood and have fun. Now I understand that that makes some parents neighborhood neighbors, some parents nervous because um, it is a different day and time. Uh, But I think some unstructured time is important for kids. I think some creative play, whether that be even coloring or, you know, here's a bunch like a maker space. Here's a bunch of stuff, create something. Uh, I think parents modeling play is always beneficial. You know, like you said, your parents always play left, right, center with their friends. You know, that was modeling for you or family game nights, uh, mm-hmm. you know, things that can. Now, I'm not saying get a ri- rid of the video games. My niece and nephew love those as well. Sure. But you know, let's do something also that uh, has some some less structure to it and a little bit more personal interaction. Right. You know. I, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm kind of showing you my, a little bit of a cultural bias here for That's myself. Okay. Right. But when I, uh, you know, when I was a kid, we, we did, we went all over the neighborhood. We got, you know, we, we fought, we, we played, we had fun. I mean, it was, it was just general kid stuff. Right. But I know in a few of the districts that I work with and one of them's, I mean, I, I live, less than a mile away from one of the districts that mm-hmm. I work with. And, and uh, you know, we have a, like, I don't, I don't know. I used to live in that district 
And I don't know that it would have been safe, uh, yeah. r- truly, for my uh, my kids to to run. Yeah. Like to just be out and not be checked on. I I you know, and I feel like that that type of situation puts puts kids. You know, some kids have. The, the, well, I'll just say this. The reason we moved to the neighborhoods that I live in was so that our kids could play right. and experience, right? But other people, they don't have that, the, um, the, that luxury. Yeah. 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 Really yeah they can't, equity you know. issue. I mean, it's totally it equity is. issue because play is so beneficial to our well being, our relationships, our ability to think and process, our joy. So it kind of becomes an equity issue if you are living in a situation where that free play in the neighborhood is is less less likely to be uh, something that you're able to engage in. Yeah, uh, because I so so in preparation for this, I know we both looked at studies. We looked at yeah. at uh, some of the research behind play, and right, I just kept seeing. I just kept seeing the benefits of structured and unstructured play, especially, especially like you're saying, unstructured play right? on intelligence, social skills, cognitive skills, like all the things that, that we look for in kids to be creative, to be uh, intellectual, to be, uh, you know, to be good critical thinkers, mm-hmm. to be problem solvers. Um, and, you know, I just, ah, it's, it's just so important. I, I looked, I, I looked, Teresa, I looked all the way back to infancy in play, right. right? And what it does for, to build language skills that they did a study with infants where they, the, they allowed the, the kids to play with the toy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Some of them unstructured. Okay. And others where the mom sat down with the, with the baby. Right. And would just basically show them how to manipulate the toy. So we're talking structured play here, showed them how to manipulate the toy and gave it a name. And three months later, they measured their language skills and they were higher in the kids who had, who had structured play with their moms. Wow. Wow. That's that see play. So important. Yeah, it's, it is, it is critical yeah. to, and you know, how about boredom? How, how important is, you know, how, you know, we play a lot of times when we start feeling bored. Right. And they're saying that that is, that's one of the things that allows you to become creative. Uh, so what would you say about that? I want to hear about this unstructured play because, you know, we I just showed you where structured play can be beneficial, but unstructured play can be negative and positive, right? Well, sure. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, uh, what idle hands, you know, aren't always productive, are they? Uh, but right. the benefit of play, I think, outweighs most of of the negative impacts. You know, in the in the book, play, and at the uh, National Institute for Play, they have a blo- uh, a story, and some of their research actually started. And I hate to even talk about this on our podcast, but it actually started by looking at um, some mass murderers. Mm. They found that one of the leading indicators, leading indicators 
for mass murderers was that they lived a life where there was plague deprivation, where they didn't yep. have the opportunity for structured or unstructured play. And the research also showed that an indicator for people with significant depression was play deprivation. Does that surprise you? It, when I saw it, it did not surprise me, but it kind of slapped me in the face because I feel that when we talk about play in education or in our personal lives, we most often focus on what are the benefits. So the benefits are I, I have better health and well-being. I have stronger relationships. I can you know process and learn and persevere and I can be creative. We always focus on that. And I had not really considered the other side of the coin as thoroughly as this book and this institute does so not surprising but kind of a little bit of a, an awakening yeah i i just think of that study right there i think of what what they're saying in that in that sequence and i think well that that then does point towards mental illness being a a piece long-term mental illness being a piece because i think i think when kids have trouble with play structure mm -hmm. unstructured play uh they're they're you're looking at at empathic skills like not being able to have empathy with other people not being able to take your turn not being able you know mm -hmm. so many different things there that indicate like something's wrong yeah so I, I, and so it's uh, kind of like the chicken or the egg which came first that i didn't have a play filled environment or and that created some of my lack of empathy lack of sharing you know or was it the opposite that you had that and then it was manifested in play mm -hmm. i think that's an interesting thing to to think about well it sounds like both of us were very fortunate because we grew up in households that let us play and encouraged play whether it was structured or unstructured and and you know i, I mean i think well, I know for myself, I guess I'll say, I mean, I still love to play. I mean, I didn't mm -hmm. talk about grandma, but, you know, if I have friends over, I'm like, let's play. And remember, play doesn't have to be, let's sit down and play cards. You know, we can, right. we play, I think you and I play at work all the time and there's a benefit and our play looks like, you know, brainstorming and being creative mm -hmm. and innovative and thinking outside the box. That's a form of corporate play or play that adults engage in that, that, that are healthy as well. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think, I think the more, but it's, it's also in the building of relationships and, um, you know, in, in friendships. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an important part of, of play too. And I know like with, you know, I, with, with sports, what I've seen with high school sports and with, you know, sports at the, even the middle school and, 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 just kid level right that that idea of teamwork of working together of coming together for a cause mm -hmm. that instills so many even if it's structured play on a on, you know mm -hmm. it, it, it instills such so many great things why why do we have so many analogies in life that we relate back to sports you know it's almost tedious to hear people say well that's like a baseball game or this is like a football game uh it's but 
but it really comes back to that that structured play there is really good. But I'll tell you, I think some of the best play you can do with kids is unstructured, yeah. where you let them. You know, I think when adults get in the way, especially of kids in the elementary, and start giving them uh, giving them roles and t- you know, and not letting those kids be creative, uh, you know, get, or just kind of putting your own adult bias into the play. Oh, I think that that's that you know you're just stifling kids with that. Yeah. They they need to just experience as much as they can. Absolutely, absolutely. And so do we as adults. I'll just keep advocating for adults because I think too many of us, you know, me included, we get so nose down and focused on our work that we forget that you know we need to play every day. And that may look different for each one of us, but. Uh, what you mentioned about kids and sports and the relationships, I think that's true for adult relationships. You know, when you play together and laugh together, you know, it kind of refreshes that relationship and every relationship needs to be refreshed, you know, from time to time again. And yeah, I believe, and I know you believe too, that, you know, we can learn at any age. And when I play games with my friends or if I'm just exploring something on my own in a playful manner, then, you know, I, I'm still learning. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what are you going to do this week between now and next week uh, to incorporate a little bit of play into your life? There you go. I have no <laughs> clue. You, didn't well, I? Right now with, yeah, with, with COVID-19, <laughs> And coronavirus, what am I going to do to incorporate play? Hmm. There's a, I, you know, I was going to ask you the same thing because I was like, what, how, you know, come, I guess, I guess I'm going to have to play like words with friends or something like that on, on my phone. Yeah. Because I'm, ha- I, yeah, I'm, you know, I have to tell you, Teresa, the thing that I, the thing that I do that I can, cons- I consider this play, but I, I know most people won't is, I get out and I into the garden and I just like work on stuff. I plant some, you know, just, that you know, I just play. work on, uh, it is to me. It is. Yeah. It play but, doesn't mean you, you know, have to be with other people. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But I, I just, you know, there's not, I guess there's some creativity in it that I get to, that I get to, you know, put things in certain areas and, and, you know, come up with ideas and that, and that there's, it's pro it's productive, but a lot of it's just weed in the garden and, you know, just, you know, just checking on things, making sure everything's looking good, but that's all I kind of right now. That's kind of what I got. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, I think yeah. that is what play. do you know do? Well, I do a yeah. couple things. So one thing I do, um, I'm a dork and I love to do crosswords. So I do a couple crosswords every day. So that's like kind of some solo play. And, you know, they say that um, adults who will do some sort of word play or Sudoku's or something have like a 63% less chance of uh, acquiring Alzheimer's. So, you know, it's a selfish act too, but it's, it's play, you know, it's stretching my brain. Um, Tonight, as a matter of fact, I am attending a virtual fundraiser for level up kids and it's a virtual bingo. So, you know, I register online, they emailed me my bingo cards, and I, I don't know what it's going to be like, but we're going to play bingo from six to seven and raise money for this organization that supports 
uh, youth in our community, uh, either through their mental, physical, mental or physical health or food insecurities. So I already have a play date scheduled tonight. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, see, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to challenge myself a little bit on this and come up with some better ways to play because I don't think I'm. Yeah, I saw. Do you watch um, Jimmy Fallon by any chance? Uh, no, I haven't since. Uh, no. Yeah. I used to, but yeah. not right well, now. Well, so I think he's the epitome of somebody that loves to play. And if any, if you want to check out his at home, it's online. You can watch it. His house is designed for play. Like it has a slide in it. It's set up like tree houses, but just even his whole show, he always is playing games with his guests. Mm -hmm. He's doing something to interact. And it just, for me, it makes the interview so much more meaningful. And I feel like I really get to know the person on his show in a different way than I would if they just sat on the couch and had an interview. And so when our readers or listeners go to the National Institute for Play on the splash page, there's a quote from Plato. And it says, you can discover more about a person in an hour of play than in a year of conversation. I thought, wow. Oh, that's, that's good. Plato. So that's by the company. Plato. That long that's ago. The, that's, no, we talk, oh, so we're talking like P-L-A-T-O. Yeah. Not, not like play, not like Play-Doh. It's not like Play-Doh. Plato. P-L-A-T-O. Got it. Long Got ago. It. All right. Was talking about the power of play. So we definitely need to get back to it. And you should challenge yourself. Uh, next time we're on a virtual meeting together, we're going to um, either everyone dress in costumes or tell us their favorite song from the 70s or we'll play some sort of virtual <coughs> game. So we'll have some play. How's that sound? Well, it sounds good. It's yeah, that it sounds <laughs> the costume part kind of freaks me out. Yeah, I know. Everything else sounds good. I'm just kidding. I don't dress up. <laughs> All right. Well, Brett, hey, I hope we both find opportunities to play this week. Uh, I think we went a little long again this week, but, you know, when we, when there's topics that we love, it's hard to cut ourselves off. That's true. All right. Well, Teresa, next week we got some new idea coming up, right? Absolutely. Um, it probably won't be about muskrat love, uh, but we'll definitely nope. uh, check in to see how our uh, life of play has gone. All right. Well, it'll be fascinating. So I hope, I hope we keep, keep going. Right. This is great stuff. All right. Keep playing. All right. Bye. Bye, Bye. You've been listening to the Heartland Teaching Podcast, sponsored by the UMKC Regional Professional Development Center at Union Station. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please hit the subscribe button so that future podcasts will be made available to you at the touch of your podcast button. Please feel free to leave your comments on this podcast or register for one of our events by clicking the link on the attached podcast. We hope that we see you soon.